Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we yell our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I always do a little fun, a fun little arm move when I say my name, like a little oh yeah, yeah, uppercut, like I'm in a ninta, uh, Nickelodeon freeze frame of a oh, kid show from the nineties. I was imagining like an interpretive dance move, like a Martha Graham style. Mm, I have no fussy jazz hands. I have yeah. no image of what this could be. Um, if you were gonna go like yeah, and you were a cool nineties kid and you had sunglasses on, that how familiar handed. are you with those pajama superhero children's cartoons, Jeff? PJ Masks. That's the one. <laughs> God, that took me a second. How um, could it have taken you a second if you knew the name of it? What else could be that thing? <laughs> I, I just like I when we were talk we were talking nineties the moment before, and I'm like. Pajama 90s superheroes. What could this be? Pajama jammy jam? (laughs) You said to yourself? (laughs) It's just confusing. Um, Anyway, are we talking like a Muhammad Ali crossbody punch? No, it's just a uh, arm coming your... Hmm, Let's see. (laughs) Imagine you have one of your elbows akimbo. Okay. Out away from your body. And you bring the elbow into your body, but you keep your arm bent so then your fist comes up in a circle... To shoulder height. Yeah, that's yeah. that's exactly the motion that does, I described when I said the Muhammad Ali. Okay, so what I should have said is balloon. I don't know what you're describing. Uh, okay, the the little <laughs> punch he does in victory in that very famous photo of him. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh that's my so god! <laughs> does does a sure you can come out after you do this, Louisa? I thought that was the one where you bring your wrists together and your hands apart. Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it's a quarter circle punch, uh, which is what it sounds like you're describing. Sure, you can is the dragon punch where you do a powerful uppercut that's sometimes on fire if you're Ken. Oh, okay. Uh, and the Hadoken is the that's fireball it. that you shoot by putting your wrists near one another. Is it something like ask... an ice ball or something? It's blue sometimes, right? I think it's just super hot, like oh, it's, okay. it's white hot or blue hot rather than red hot. Okay. Is blue hot white hotter than red hot in terms of flame? I think so. Or is it just yes. a different chemical composition? Uh, white hot is the hottest, I think. Yes, white hot is just so red hot that it's, like, too bright for us to see, I think. Yeah. But I thought different colors of flame were more to do with the chemical composition than the actual heat. So what could be true. the ke- what would be the chemical composition of a Hadouken? Is it... Um... <laughs> You got a lot of copper in there? Is it butane? Yeah, blue, blue is copper, purple is, like, salt. Yeah. <sighs> so he's blasting, like, he keeps a bunch of pennies on him to oh, light man. on fire. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be great if it turned out that Ken or Ryu, they're the same character, fight me, uh, if he if their whole thing was just throwing change at you and they got so good at it that it became fireballs. What if you cross that with Gambit's power so they could throw a handful of change at you, but that change would get white hot in the air and then burn you real good when it mm-hmm. hit you. Ooh, and then the sure you can can be when they have a roll of quarters in their fist as they're doing their <laughs> uppercut. <laughs> to make their fist heavier. Mm-hmm. Yep, very good. Dumb. Yep. <laughs> We've managed to make uh, a magical game a lot less magical. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I love that every uh, every sort of martial arts thing where there is a little bit of magic, the magic is always, you just learn the, the secret punching technique that makes fire come out of your hands. I mean, that's yes. kind of the 
the reason the joke behind one punch man right like the the whole premise of that show is like isn't it stupid how every yeah anime is just trained at punching until you're so good that you can punch people good yes is that the chi idea that you can just concentrate all your energy into an action i think so yeah mm. i do think that it's a very uniquely human thing that if there is this like universal life force that powers all living things and like uh unites us all and and binds the universe together we would use it to punch people <laughs> with <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i i think the reason it's prevalent in martial arts is probably because of uh chi being a more prevalent cultural uh touchstone yes is that still How? pronounced chi do we say key now uh, i'm not very I good think... at remembering what's I think they're different, like, regional pronunciations of the same word in China. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, but then you fall into that, uh, calling it Bombay situation where you're like, no, we don't call it that anymore, it's Mumbai now, and it's like, you're, you're just out of touch. Am I out of touch by saying chi? Yep. Okay. Um, the, the, what's it called? The trailer, the new movie, that Marvel movie, uh, they've been pronouncing Shang-Chi, uh, so it's probably one of those cases where, like, it's somewhere between, uh, chi and ki and she, and, like, we just don't have the, the, uh, like, perfect phoneme translation for it. That makes sense. Yeah, I watched, um, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon a couple weeks ago. It's one of my favorite movies, and, uh, I was rewatching it and just thinking about how many of the sounds the actors make are just not sounds in our language at all yeah <clears throat> yeah it's so crazy because you imagine i feel like especially in a child's brain which is what i have um <laughs> the like that's all why of your the... chief was so um <laughs> yes <laughs> all of the different languages in the world maybe they have different alphabets maybe they have different grammar but like they're using the same mouth shapes and sounds to do things but that is just not the case yeah i find that problem whenever i try to pronounce anything in any other language i'm like <laughs> oh i'm fucking it up like i can feel that i'm not doing it good yeah, yeah. Uh, i watched a really cool video about um phonemes and like theoretical lexical sounds <laughs> um mm. like sounds that are um not possible for the human mouth to make but are like they fit into the two, like, cross categories on the chart. Uh, and then other sounds where, like, we can make them, but there's almost no languages that use them. I found it very, very interesting. If you look up uh, Tom Scott and, uh, uh, I guess, phoneme or lexical, you'll probably find it on YouTube. Is this the thing about how no languages use blowing a raspberry? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's one of the examples. Uh... But I know that I read something, an article a long time ago, and I couldn't tell if it was humorous or not, but it was about how it's weird that every language in the world, or every culture in the world, like, people do that, like, sound, <laughs> but it's never used in the languages. I think because you have to take a moment to prepare it, and then a moment after it to get back into other sounds, like, you can't make it part of a word. I don't know, because, like, the click sounds that people use in some, you know, Northern African languages, mm -hmm. I need to pause <laughs> to switch over ah. to do that, but they don't. <laughs> yes, that's true, but I don't think anybody can blow a raspberry and work that into other sounds. 
there... well, that's just because you haven't been raised doing it. Clearly. <laughs> mm, that's true. There is a, a SpongeBob episode where he encounters a town of people who make uh, raspberry noises between each of the words they say. So that's one fictional example, at least. So that's that's Jeff's recap of the SpongeBob episode that he does every week. <laughs> okay. Oh, do you want me to recap the rest of the episode? That's one joke in it. <laughs> Uh, I've never seen even one second of Spongebob. Yeah, I've only ever oh. seen it in memes. Yeah. Um, but every time anyone describes a joke from Spongebob, I assume that they are, like, pranking me. That's <laughs> Because none of them ever sound funny or good or make any sense. I like the idea, then, that this sound that we don't have on any Earth languages now sunk under the sea with Atlantis. That, those mm. are the people who spoke it. Mm. That makes sense. They, they were so advanced because of their extra syllable that they could pronounce that they uh, had to run away to under the sea. Is that what the the concept of Atlantis is? I think it's usually... They ran away from everyone. Their hubris made them sink. Yeah, that's usually what it is, right? But they're they're super advanced uh, a lot of ways. So can we... Can can you expand on that? (laughs) It's just like... What mechanical way did their hubris make them sink? (laughs) we We always make... We always add the part after where they all became mermaids and continued to secretly live among us, uh, but under the sea. I guess that's not among Man, us. Near it us. It is a bad idea for you to become a mermaid and then choose to live among <laughs> humans. Uh, no, it's it's the the um, the idea that they were an island nation and they just kept building their like monuments and technology, and then their island got so heavy it sank. Right? That's I didn't make that up, did I? I, I don't know, usually... but that's. Their hubris meant the gods turned against them, and were like, you're not allowed to have streets paved in gold, we're sinking your island. Mm. It seems pretty wild to have a story about a scientifically advanced civilization, and then have the end of the story be, but then magic people destroyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're doing all the time, right? (laughs) Every single Greek myth ends with, but then magic people destroyed it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Ooh, here come the magic police. Everyone's dead now. <laughs> yep. Uh, I uh, like that. Just imagining Athena rolling up in like blue blockers. <laughs> I'm on just a motorcycle. Sorry. I'm imagining like Daedalus being like, "Oh God, here comes the friggin' magic police mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Zeus." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fly away on like... my wax wings. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, no, somebody, uh, an actual scientist, uh, Zeno, was doing physics experiments, and then he's like, oh no, the arachne is here to turn me into a spider, I guess. <laughs> On, um, uh, Thetans, body Thetans, is that what he studied? Mm. Who, Zeno? Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, okay, thank uh... you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but to be yeah. fair, things like that happen in real life metaphorically. Like, the Curies did so much groundbreaking work in science, and then the science was like, no, it's too much, you're dead now. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I don't think that the science was punishing them for doing too much work. Mm, don't you? I think it was science being like, well, listen... You lo- you know a lot about radiation, but what you didn't learn about radiation is that it can fucking kill you right now. Yeah, so now you will pay the price for your hubris. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's hubris as much as it is ignorance. It's hubris to think you understand it well enough to, like, carry around radioactive rocks and rub them on your face. <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't think any version of the Curie story starts with Marie Curie being like, I already know everything there is to know about radiation. So but she I'm did just... carry around radioactive rocks and run them on her face. So, All right. hubris. I want to do a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen where she becomes an Incredible Hulk. Mm. Uh, and then yeah. Oppenheimer actually does become Destroyer Worlds. <laughs> yeah, he's like the Galactus figure of the comic. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he irradiates himself to become a giant spaceman and tries to eat the earth and then the mm-hmm. the uh scientists of old have to band together with their superpowers and stop him so his famous lamenting quote of i am become death destroy if worlds will become a triumphant quote in this comic book <laughs> no That's it's how comics work right <laughs> it's bad that he's become the destroyer of worlds he didn't want to do this <laughs> I, it is cool so that he became giant. Man. Yeah, he's a tragic okay. villain. But he does. Uh, he does also want to eat the earth. <laughs> All right, hmm. it's complicated. Yeah, and Enrico Fermi becomes a superhero called Chain Reaction, and every time you hit him, he creates a new copy of himself. I love it. Uh, that is the most boring possible thing I could have imagined what? for Chain Reaction being his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, making copies of yourself is super cool. It uh, is. Well, I just Delvani thought... could have electric powers. Like maybe yeah. you'd hit him, and uh, it would—I don't know—he could make chemical reactions happen with that energy. That's what he did in real life, Jeff. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but with his mind. Uh, um, I like the idea of Galvani and Gauss being a team, and Galvani does has electrical powers, and Gauss has magical power. Uh, not magical. <laughs> Mag- nope, magical. <laughs> magnetic powers, but then when uh, Gauss stands still, he becomes Galvani, and when Galvani runs fast, he becomes Gauss. That's a physics joke for people out there who know about physics. That's so, pretty good. That's like that hero Firestorm, right? Yeah. He turns into yeah. a stuffy old professor. Yeah. yeah I like pretty that. Pretty good. Uh, so is are we gonna get, like, Aleister Crowley in there as the only magic user? No. <laughs> If you're gonna have a magic user, it's gotta be, like, Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. No, I want him to have electricity powers, obviously, but they're extremely dangerous. Powers. Uh, no, all of these scientists have to have electricity powers. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they did, was they electrocuted elephants and teleported Hugh Jackman and stuff. I would like Jonas- I would like Jonas Salk to be there, and to be like, I am already a hero, because I've saved more human lives than anyone else. I don't Ooh, need superpowers. Too smug. Get rid of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't Newton do the thing where if you rub a piece of amber uh, on a piece of wool, you can like get it to have a lot of static electricity built up inside it? Somebody certainly did. Let's say Newton. So yeah, he could have a cool suit of armor made of amber pieces. Like that's already a tick character. Damn it! What? <laughs> uh, there's I never a man named. The tick. There's a character in the Tick named the Human Carpet who wears a suit made entirely out of carpeting so that he can build up static electricity and shoot Fuck. lightning bolts. I I think in this situation, uh, Sir Isaac Newton is going to have to be like a golden age, like the Justice Society type of previous era superhero that has long since died. Maybe he's like the founder of the League of Extraordinary Gentle Scientists, or whatever this is called. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. He stays behind, he's like the strategist or whatever. He's in an anti-gravity chamber, because he discovered with his gravity research that if you stay in an anti-gravity chamber, you'll never die. 
Mm. So he's like the Dr. Manhattan of the organization. I was thinking of him more like Professor X. No, he's like Zordon from Power Rangers. (laughs) He's in a tube and they go to him and they're like, can you help us? You're supposed to be omnipotent. He's like, I am omnipotent, but I can't leave these tubes. So you teenagers go and fight Rita Repulsa instead. (laughs) I need to get my tiny robot to tell, to go get teenagers specifically with attitude. Yes, that's true. Well... If you didn't have attitude, you would be a bad Power Ranger, I think. Or a scientist, apparently. <laughs> mm, that's true. That's definitely true. Are there teenagers without attitude? Mm, I definitely was a... T- unless you count listening to the Smiths a lot and being sad for no real reason. <laughs> yes, an attitude. that's an attitude. Uh, <laughs> is it? I don't think that... It certainly wouldn't have helped me be a good Power Ranger. <laughs> I just, like... They're fr- they're friends on the show with people who definitely have more attitude than them. Like the two bullies, Bulk and Skull, they have like they're now, oozing attitude. Why didn't they become Power Rangers? Now I was a little too old to watch the Power Rangers, which yeah. of course means that I did watch it, but felt really guilty about it. <laughs> yes, um, but I didn't watch it for very long, and I do wonder. I always thought, and I think even more so now, looking back on it, did they ever do an episode where they had to join forces with Bulk and Skull, and they got to be Power Rangers for one episode, and they were, like, way too good at it, so they had to have their powers taken away, because that's what I wanted to see. Uh, That would be awesome. They would be, like, uh, God, what color Power Rangers would they be? Like, brown and, like, swamp green? (laughs) Brown and gray. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Um, I think in a later, because all of the series of Power Rangers are in continuity with one another, which is insane, uh, they, in a later series, became uh, good guys of some variety, but not Power Rangers themselves. Uh, How many Power Rangers have there been in that universe, then? It's gotta be in the hundreds, right? Oh my god. Uh, Did they ever have other colors? Was there ever orange or purple or anything, or did they just replace the co- colors they already had? Uh, they always go with whatever colors the uh, corresponding Super Sentai series uses, and mm, that'll okay. use all the colors of the rainbow, and then, like, silver and gold and uh, black and white and all kinds of different ones. Um, so, let's let's see. Power Rangers... Did they ever cross with Kamen Rider, which is essentially the same thing? I think so. Hmm. Uh, I know that there was one season of a Common Rider adaptation in by uh, Saban or whatever um, okay. when that whole thing was blowing up, like uh, big bad Beetleborgs and VR Troopers and all that. Mm. Makes sense. Sounds like a pretty uncommon rider to me. <laughs> okay, we gotta we gotta do something else. <laughs> yeah. There's like two dozen Power Rangers series. Um, two weird. dozen Power Rangers times at least six Rangers per series. So, like, yeah, we're probably into the hundreds by now. Yeah. Weird. So, Louisa, what'd you do this week? Uh, this past week, uh, considering we didn't record last weekend, I made strawberry jam, which is something I'm very excited to do every mm. year. Because I go and find a farm, which is getting to be more difficult. Apparently, strawberries are not a very, um... Uh, lucrative crop to do pick your own but I like to find a place to pick my own get the best berries and then make strawberry jam and it's uh, so good homemade damn it, it capitalism how dare you destroy the strawberry industry I know mm-hmm. 
See, I heard it was uh, millennials that were destroying the strawberry industry. <laughs> yeah. You're matching them onto their avocado tests. <laughs> no, they're not matching yeah. them onto their oh, avocado you're right. tests. That's they're the problem. making their avocado, their guacamole with peas in it and not buying oh, strawberries. <laughs> Wait. That's from a Is New York peas? Times. Wait. The peas and avocado, peas yeah. And avocados, but yeah. not strawberries? No right. strawberries are in there anymore. Unlike Do people put peas in, a, in guacamole? That sounds like it might be good. <laughs> it... Jeff is referencing a terrible New York Times uh, food article that's like, here's how to make the best guacamole, and it has a bunch of mashed up peas in it. Yeah, the se- the secret ingredient, big uh, air quotes, was that they put peas in it in addition to avocado. I, I think that might be good. Have you tried it? <laughs> I don't like no, I guacamole, know. so I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, I do hate avocados. So mm, I like avocados. I don't want to have peas in there, though. It's my problem. I like uh, guacamole as it is. Yeah, uh, if only you could find a place that sold you guacamole without peas in it. Yeah, you just can't anymore because of millennials. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They're taking over and they're destroying the strawberry industry. But I was able to go and pick some strawberries on a nice day. It was a nice time out. I got the ones I needed. It all worked out great. So let me ask you this. How often do you use jam? Uh, I'll use it to make a cake sometimes. I will have it on toast enough to go through a jar every two or three months, probably. Hmm. Although it's hard to tell. Every two or three months for one type, but I might have more than one type that I'm eating at a time. Because when I have a, j- a jam jar, a jar of jam, yeah, uh, I, for instance, still have the one that you made from me in 2018. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, it's probably still good, and I use it maybe once a year. <laughs> I just don't eat jam that much. Yeah, I know. I've learned which friends do not eat jam, and I do not give them jam anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the jam. I still want the jam, Louisa. Don't well, it's too bad. It's wrong. <laughs> I Still Want the Jam was your uh, dance single from 1991, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. No, it was just my incredibly clunky DJ name. <laughs> DJ I Still Want the Jam. <laughs> MC, please give me some of the beat now, thank you. Has anyone done that and gotten really deconstructivist with their DJ name? <laughs> yeah, I probably. Have. We, we just don't know. We're not cool enough. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, it's great. Everything about the process I like. I like picking the berries. I like eating them. I always have to eat some of them, of course. And I like making jam. I like when it comes out really well, and it did this year. And then I made a little label, uh, stamp to go on top that shows, uh, some strawberry wines and says strawberry jam on it. So, I'm very happy with the whole process this year. Very nice. Does your house smell really good? like strawberries not anymore but at the time yes incredible because uh cotton candy is usually strawberry flavored so everything smells like cotton candy when you're cooking strawberries yep how much Mm. sugar did you use it must have been like multiple bags of sugar is that true (laughs) uh it's most of one bag to make a batch which is yeah i mean that's that's how it goes the thing with sugar is if you have a little bit of sugar in something it can help promote bacteria uh, colonizing it because it wants to eat the sugar but if you you reach a tipping point if you put so much sugar in it like jam mm-hmm. that uh, it becomes all sugar the uh, bacteria can't live on anything else so they don't grow in it yep that's why mountain dew is shelf stable <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true actually <laughs> that probably is why sodas are shelf stable huh it's really yep. weird to me that sugar is uh 
both like preservative. Yeah, it's the best food for bacteria and a preservative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it kind of makes sense like if we put you Jeff in a room that was just full of pulled pork floor to ceiling, you would die. <laughs> yeah, but I'd die happy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm sure these bacteria die happy too. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, everything about it's great, and yeah, I recommend everyone try making some jam over the summer, because there's lots of fresh fruit around, and if you have never tried making jam before, it actually is very easy, so give it a try. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what did you do this week? So, I have been looking for a nice new podcast to listen to. I I listened for a long time to Punch Up the Jam, which both Jeff and Louisa recommended to me, uh, and I did enjoy it for the most part. Um, it ended up, I mean, it, it, they don't make any new episodes anymore, and I ended up getting really frustrated because even though I found the hosts, well, I guess Miel was the only host towards the end, although she started co-hosting with Chris Fleming, but anyway, uh, I found them extremely funny and charming, but it became overwhelmingly frustrating for to hear Miel listening to songs that I liked when I was younger and not getting them yeah, and saying, this song is stupid. It should be this instead. And then describing the thing that the song is doing. If you pay attention to what the lyrics actually mean. Yeah. I had a hard time with that. Even at the beginning. And I really liked them. Uh, Miel and Demi Adjuibe used to be the other host. Um, They played up how much they didn't, get a song, I think. Like, I think yeah. they got it more than they were pretending to, because they wanted to break it down more. Yeah. But that did really get on my nerves. <laughs> yeah, I just... One of the later episodes that I just listened to a couple weeks ago was uh, Counting Crows' Mr. Jones, which I think is a pretty good song. Oh, man, the um, punch-up in that episode is so genuinely good. <laughs> I've just listened to it, like, as yes. a song. <laughs> that is true. It is a very good punch-up. But... um the whole episode, Miel is like, oh man, this song is so funny and and like over the top, but it sounds like what he's saying is that he's actually sad. And I'm like, yeah, Miel! <laughs> what the fuck are you, what? That's very funny. <laughs> oh my god. She's not doing it as a joke, though, I don't think. If she's doing it as a joke, it's not coming across like that. It's just coming across like she does not understand at all what the song is about. That's really funny. Part of what I find extremely charming about Miel is that she's kind of a dummy. (laughs) But anyway, that show is over now, um, and I was looking for a new sort of musically themed podcast, and so I started listening to Let's Make a Music. Have you guys listened to this? I have not. It is the Brian David Gilbert and family and friends podcast (laughs) uh wherein they take they put a word a random word out into twitter once a week and then everybody responds with song titles about that word uh and then they uh they sort of put all of the suggestions together into one story and then they write a song about it um yeah i like it since uh they had Different hosts at the beginning than they yes. did halfway through. I like the newer host better. Yes, I agree. Although the 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 host that left, quote-unquote, Jonah, is still there because he is the one who produces all of their music, and he is the main sort of music writing uh, person on the show, it seems. Uh, he's certainly the main instrumentalist, and uh, he is now just in a producer role. He is no longer, like, 
a host of the show. Uh, and I think that that is to the show's benefit. There's a good chemistry between Brian and his sister and Catherine Hahn, who is the Karen. newer host. Karen Hahn, sorry. Uh, Catherine Karen Hahn's Hahn. that famous actor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> uh, well, that at least explains why I got confused. But yeah. uh, Karen Hahn uh, ha- has a is much more willing to tell Brian to stop being stupid than <laughs> oh. is, which I appreciate. Um, anyway, it's it's very fun. The songs are almost good every time. Yes, I really love Hunk Night Summer. Yes, Hunk I mean. Night Summer is extremely funny. Was that the one um, they did the music video for? I don't know. I haven't mm. seen a music video for it. He did a music um, video for one where he's all members of a boy band. No, that's not this for this podcast, though. That's not related. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's got two of the same people involved in making the song. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, no, that is not related at all. But um, Hunk Night Summer is very funny. There's one called Haunted Home uh, that <laughs> yeah. is about a person who is joining a... Uh, like a zoom call for work but they live in a very haunted house and it is extremely funny um so yeah it's a really good show and i'm enjoying it a lot i'm listening to the back catalog now which as louisa said is still okay but not as good mm-hmm. with the older hosts i think they were still finding their footing but um yeah. it's blessedly only 30 minutes long see i which, was just uh, gonna say i don't I'm... like that <laughs> I love it. I love how short it is. I can just get one in real quick. It's really nice that they get to the punch so fast, which is I realize is ironic because that's the opposite of what I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, but it's really yeah. nice that like you only have 10 minutes of them bantering around and, and looking at suggestions, and then you get right into the song. I love that. Uh, I want to be able to do listen to a podcast while I'm doing chores and not have to stop in the middle of my chores and change which podcast it is. Just queue up a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, but I've listened to them all now because they're so short. Yeah, well, queue up a bunch of whatever you're listening to. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <clears throat> doesn't matter. Yeah, I always add more podcasts to the queue than I know I could possibly go through during my chores just so I won't have that problem. <laughs> I genuinely get like nervous if i have less than 10 podcasts in my queue anytime (laughs) (laughs) but whenever a new one drops i want to jump out of the queue and want to listen to that new one right away oh but that's that's the most delicious uh anticipation of all (laughs) i don't have that many podcasts that i actually keep up with so it's not that much of a problem for me thankfully yeah that's good but anyway i do recommend if you are at all interested in semi-comical, semi-good songs uh, listening to Let's Make a Music. It is it is very charming and delightful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, many of the songs are good enough that I would maybe want to listen to them again, even if they're not as good as I would like them even out of the context of the show. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Uh, okay, I guess it's me again. Jeff, what did you do this week? Uh, I went back for the first time in 411 days to the cinema what to view a movie illegal. in the must theaters. be illegal no it's perfectly legal uh i'm fully vaccinated oh man i reactivated my amc a list subscription uh, you guys heard it here first jeff is a perfectly legal teen yep barely uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh on friday i went to see 
Cruella. Um, boy, that movie's just a lot of fun. I highly recommend anyone go see it. Okay, uh, so Cruella was your first one back. What was your last movie out? Uh, the Invisible Man. Okay. Uh, so I did manage to go out uh, on a good one and not see like Fantasy Island as my last <laughs> movie before everything closed. Well, I think mine was Louisa Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I was going to mm. say I think Louisa and I both went, <laughs> the last one we saw was when we went to see Sonic the Hedgehog for your birthday, Jeff. No, that was no, for Louisa's birthday. birthday. Oh, that's was it for but Louisa's it, birthday? It, it, it was for my birthday, but it was at the end of February because that's when that's we were right. able to get together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah, so I really would like to go see another movie. I did not think... Oh, I want to say real quick, we got together for my birthday, then decided to go to the movie. I did not request to go see (laughs) Sonic the Hedgehog for my birthday. In fact, you were against the idea. (laughs) (laughs) It was Um, good, though. I do not think Cruella looks good. Sell me on Cruella, please. Okay, so the... um, you you have to remember going into it that Disney is trying to make a sympathetic backstory for the most cartoonishly evil character in the history of fiction. Mm, uh, what about Sebastian the Crab? Elaborate. Tell me. Give me this uh, fan theory. He is he is clearly in the lower class of the mermaid society, like he is a servant, and yet all he does is bootlick and support the existing uh, like hierarchy of the society. Mm, I think class. I think getting mad at class traders is a distraction, Matt. Mm, I mean, that. he's definitely a class trader, but also he is trying to like. There is no class mobility in the the mermaid world. Like, yeah. you cannot go from being a crab to being one of King Triton's daughters. <laughs> what if you ask Ursula to make you do that? Ooh. <laughs> Hello. Ursula is... Oh, hold on. I don't know enough good words to talk about it, but she's the one who's helping bust apart the class classism yeah. of uh, the Undersea Kingdom, which is different from the one we were talking about before, yeah. which was Atlantis. She's disrupting oh, the uh, the mermaid industry. <laughs> okay. I, I Come on, Disney. Where's this live-action movie of a cartoon? <laughs> I, th- I think that there's an implication that Ursula used to be in, like, a noble in the society, or, like, at Isn't least she... in the good graces, and then was, I'm... like, rejected. This is not a joke. I am, like, almost 100% sure that she is canonically King Triton's sister. Oh, yeah. That's I've weird. heard that, too. I don't well, know if it's mentioned in the movie. Story. Yeah, she needs an origin story. Yes. Um, uh, anyway, Cruella, uh, based on that character who tries to kill 100 puppies in a cartoon from the 60s. Uh, uh, I feel like it was more than 100 puppies. <laughs> 100 plus. plus. Uh, I guess really she's trying to kill 99 puppies because she needs and the, two adult the dogs. puppies only is what she needs, though. The adults don't have soft enough coats. But they do have so much more fur. <laughs> Yeah, that's why she needs to kill a 99 puppies, because Pongo and Perdita do not have soft enough fur for her. That's uh, true. Uh, but anyway, they're trying to be like, actually, she's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She has a reason to hate Dalmatian so much. Uh, that doesn't even make sense with her character, because she's she's not specifically looking for Dalmatians, other than the fact that they've got spots, like... Her other clothes aren't also made out of Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie basically presents a much more uh, 
family-friendly, and I would say even, like, hmm, tonally accurate version of the Joker, uh, because all of the crimes Cruella does in the movie are just pranks that she does to annoy the person that she's pranking. Hmm, that's uh, strange. Yeah, she does, like, fashion pranks, because her enemy is a... <laughs> Her enemy is a fashion designer, and she's like, I'm so mad at this person that I'm going to do fashion pranks to embarrass my fashion enemy. <laughs> Finally, the children's version of The Devil Wears Prada. It is ex- exactly the devil's, the devil wears, pr- the devil wears Prada is the joke yeah. I made on Mastodon. Um, I, <laughs> God, the justification they give for why her name is Cruella DeVille is also really insane. Um, mm-hmm. Her... Mother, in, like, the childhood flashback, is, like, uh, her name's Estella, the Cruella's Estella. She's like, uh, that's almost a name. Yeah, that's cruel. Uh, you're not, that's more like Cruella than Estella. Uh, and so she decides, uh, to compartmentalize all of the bad parts of her personality and, uh, and is this, like, split where it turns out that James McAvoy is actually, like, five different characters? (laughs) That's not even the twist of that one. That's the premise of that one. <laughs> is this like Fight Club, where it turns out mm. she's destroying the banking industry through fashion pranks? Uh, no, it's just whenever she acts that like a dickhead. That is kind of the plot of Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, I wish she was destroying the banking industry, but she's just making Emma Thompson a little upset. Okay. Um, I, uh... I don't want to get into spoilers because there are some truly baffling and insane twists, but I will say Emma Stone, extremely charming, like perhaps her most, her most charming to date. She really captures the like, uh, the like horrible face of the cartoon one, uh, in addition to the manic energy of the Glenn Close one. Um, I, I will say there is, one sort of strange thing, they set the whole thing in the mid-70s, which is already a problem because Emma Stone, who I think is my age, is playing a 22-year-old Cruella DeVille. Uh, and I think that was to make it fit in with the live-action 101 Dalmatians oh, from no. 1996. <laughs> but it doesn't because the, like, mid-credits tease is Pongo and Perdita as puppies, in the <laughs> mid seventies, like they really don't know how long dogs live. Yeah, maybe Disney was just like, I don't know, can dogs live twenty years? Probably. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, like I would have even forgiven. They cast um, I don't even know the actress's name, um, but a black woman plays Anita, and the guy who plays Nandor on What We Do in the Shadows plays Roger, uh, and they're just sort of background characters. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, they're kind yeah. of unimportant even in the original cartoon movie. I remember That's thinking true. literally, at the, time. <laughs> the literally the only thing I remember about the dude is that he rides a bicycle. <laughs> oh, he writes songs. Yeah, on his shitty piano. He writes no. the song. He writes the song Cruella Deville. Yeah, remember? Oh yes, I do. Remember uh, that. And oh. he does, in fact, begin writing that song at the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, wasn't that movie? Wasn't that movie set in the sixties? It had that sixties bohemian feel to it. Like, oh, they're they're so happy in their shitty loft apartment with their shitty piano, and he's writing uh, advertising jingles. The cartoon one was uh, was 
made and set in the 60s. Okay. Yeah. The... It's it's very Aristocats-y. Was, was the book from, like, the 30s or some shit? I feel like most of children's 1950, books. 1956. Oh, weird. Yeah. Have we talked about how infuriating Aristocats is on this show? Yes. Uh, in that it's okay. extremely racist, or what? No, in that it, I mean, we've definitely talked about it, as Louisa has confirmed, but uh, the fact that it doesn't even try to have a story or, like, events that happen in sequence. Yeah. Do you think that was inspired by the stage show of Cats, just to be like, here we go, we're gonna introduce ourselves, the end. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe the book that the Cats was based on. The series of bad poems. Jellicle Cats, Uh, yeah. The Aristocats predates the musical Cats. I was going to say, as soon as I said it, I'm like, oh, shit. Maybe Andrew Lloyd Webber stole the premise of Cats from Aristocats. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Given how little Aristocats makes sense, it makes sense to me that the musical Cats would be an iteration on that, like, Dadaist infuriating (laughs) nonsense. And the fact that he later wanted to make a Thomas the Tank Engine musical, couldn't get the rights, and turn that into another insane train musical, that gives us precedent that he does this sort of thing. I I know that that is true of Starlight Express, but and I've never seen or heard any of the music from Starlight Express. But I'm yeah. trying to imagine how you could write a, a two hour long musical <laughs> yeah. around the idea of Thomas the Tank Engine because even the eight page long books are heavily padded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you look online, I recommend to everyone, read on Wikipedia the plot to Starlight Express, because it is incredibly long and detailed. Ow! <laughs> yeah, but if you look at it that way, you're like, okay, I guess if you just put in Thomas Tank Engine characters, you could make this uh, I Thomas show. Should we be working on a revival of Starlight Express? No, we should be trying to convince a producer to hire Tom Hooper to make yeah. Starlight Express. Absolutely, that should be a movie. That would be so much more insane than Cats, you wouldn't even believe it. We need to <laughs> convince, we need to be like, hey, listen, Tom, Cats was amazing. Everybody loves it. You need to do <laughs> the exact, newspapers. do the exact same thing for Starlight Express, <laughs> please. Yes. yes. We need to start a Kickstarter now to put Tom into some kind of sensory deprivation. <laughs> we need to send him back in time to uh, before Cats was released so that he can never know how much everyone hated it. <laughs> or how much but everyone the... loved how bad it yeah. was. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, I was it successful? No. Because it no. got a lot of attention. It was... It was an extreme flop because it cost <laughs> so, so much money to make. Uh, let's see. Sense. It cost $100 million and made $75 million. That's so, not that far off. Right. But then you have to keep in <laughs> mind that budget doesn't include marketing, which is usually another, like, the budget again over. Yeah, yeah but that also doesn't include, like, internet buzz. Marketing. <laughs> That's true, it doesn't, which is free. Uh, yep. But even with the internet buzz, it did not make back uh, even its baseline budget. So I don't think that they're going to let Tom Hooper do another unhinged, bizarre art piece again. <laughs> yeah. Is that Lloyd we Webber still alive? Unfortunately. I bet, we could get, I bet we could get $75 million together in a Kickstarter to make this. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is only 73. That's baffling. He seems so much older. Yeah, he does. 
I guess well, he was writing like an old man, even in the early 80s, <clears throat> when he started, right? Yes, yeah. it helps that he hasn't used any of his talent yet. Oh my god. That's like a ba- battery keeping him going. <laughs> he, he wrote Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream, Dreamcoat when he was 20. Yeah. I will say Jesus Christ Superstar slaps. You will say that. Won't be true. It's, it's so good, you guys. Mm. It really is a very good musical. It's maybe one of the best musicals of all time. I don't mind... I know Louisa loves Phantom of the Opera. I do! Got it! So unhinged. What a great movie. <laughs> uh, I, I think that Andrew Lloyd Webber is pretty okay at writing songs, uh, and the main appeal of all of his musicals is how stupid and weird they are, but have a bunch of good songs in them. Jesus Christ Superstar is genuinely just a very good musical. <laughs> it's not even weird. It's just good. No. Uh, I think doing a musical adaptation of the Bible is a little weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine. Compared it's, to anything know. else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They've done musicals of Spider-Man and the Titanic sinking. Like, what else uh, <laughs> can yeah. there be? Dalmatians update. Uh, Roger in the 90s movie is a video game designer, so that movie oh definitely takes place when it was released in 1996. Oh, I hate that so yeah, much! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I, boy. I, until you mentioned Glenn Close, I had forgotten that yeah. they did a live action. They did two of them! They did a sequel to it, where oh, Glenn no. Close is like, I'm reformed now and I love Dalmatians and there's a hundred and second Dalmatian now. Mm. But then as she's saying that, you can see like a, a dog's paw reaching out of her mouth because she's eating it <laughs> oh my god i thought maybe she was being like she's been skinned and was being piloted by dogs <laughs> oh <laughs> wait <laughs> okay all right that would be a great reversal Ooh, yeah 101 uh evil fashion designers the sequel to 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> uh, Jeff, they're making one... dog collars out of the skin of dead fashion designers <laughs> I do have one question about the movie. Yes. I know, no spoilers, but <clears throat> are they able to set up the end of the, this is the problem with prequels, are they able to set up the end of the movie so that it makes sense to go into the story we already know? Yes. Clearly not. But not, <laughs> it doesn't, Clearly. it doesn't jive with the 90s one, but they do set it up to go into like a set in the 70s or 80s 101 Dalmatians. Clearly not though, because you said at the end of the movie, Roger is working on writing the Cruella de Vil song, but they haven't met her before. No, they went to school together. Yeah, uh, Anita, Anita, Anita knows her. Okay, but Roger certainly doesn't. Yeah, he he only meets her very briefly in this movie, but she is a public figure in the world. Like Anita is her employee in the in the Hundred and One Dalmatians. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty good movie. Pretty weird. They have to. Do a lot to make you believe that a uh, woman could become the Joker. No, they have to do a lot to make you believe hey. that this that this dog murdering monster is actually a pretty cool person who's like hot and cool. Um, her two goons are also very charming. Uh, both of her goons appear in the in the movie. Um, Wait, how many years are they with her? Because they're in the cartoon movie too. Yeah. With her for life, no, they're that's yes. loyal. <laughs> they they t- they take her in uh, when she becomes um, uh, uh, like vagabond thief as a child. Are they older than her? No, they're all the same age. Okay, <laughs> she just she just looks like that. Weird. She just has a very sharp jawline. She's not old, I guess. 
Uh, she I would just like, like a mummy in the cartoon. Yeah. I would just like to say to any of our listeners who ever think to themselves like, "Oh, I'm not good enough," or like, "No one will love me," or whatever. If Disney can make this literal Satan woman into somebody cool and attractive, then it, it can happen to you. Oh my God, you guys! Did you know that the television program Once Upon a Time uh, contains a depiction of Cruella Deville as a character? <laughs> Yes. That is not shocking to me. That I watched enough of that show that I remember when they just kept introducing like Elsa from Frozen and all that shit. Yeah, yeah that like that makes sense. But Cruella is so far separated from any of the magic stuff that like why? Why is she's not from a fairy tale? She's just the lady who likes to kill dogs. If yeah. you think about it, though, uh, 101 Dalmatians is really just a modern adaptation of the fairy tale Jack of the Beanstalk. Mm. He tries <laughs> to steal those hadn't... Dalmatians from a giant. Matt, yep. if you hadn't paused there while you thought of one, you really could have carried through that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what the most ridiculous thing yeah. to say there was. <laughs> I can't tell if this actress on Once Upon a Time is wearing like prosthetic face extensions because she (laughs) looks exactly like the cartoon version of Cruella DeVille. Like she has the the high cheekbones and the pointed nose. Like it's uncanny. The thing that is one of the main problems with the show Once Upon a Time, which I liked when I watched it, is that it's it's a soap opera about fairy tale characters that is made by Disney. And no one really gives a shit. So, like, you, instead of casting attractive soap opera people, you could take your time and cast people who looked exactly like the cartoon characters every time. Yeah. You could have done that, and you didn't, Disney, and you fucked it up, I guess is what (laughs) I'm saying. I reckon they fucked it up when they stopped trying to have a plot, which was like a mystery about people don't remember who they are, etc., etc., and then they they realized that you had to keep looking at Snow White every week if you're going to have some kind of plot with her. So instead of that, they're just like, uh, now Mulan's on the show. Uh, now here's uh, Ariel. <laughs> like, they just, every week it was a new one. That was the draw. Um, similar to uh, the movie Cruella on Once Upon a Time, she has a backstory that involves uh, trauma with Dalmatians. Uh, That's why? crazy! Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've... I haven't even seen 101 Dalmatians in, like, 30 years, and I remember that she doesn't specifically have anything against Dalmatians. Yeah, she just thinks it would be really cool for a coat. Yeah. yeah she just wants all kinds of animal clothes. Uh, also, uh, in the movie Cruella, she was born with the split-dye black and white hair. <laughs> Which is further insane, because... I'm pretty sure part of the reason she wants to kill those dogs and make that coat is because she's really into the black and white aesthetic at the time. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, God. It's just... <laughs> anyway, the movie Cruella is fun to watch, but you cannot think about it as much as we have just thought about it. <laughs> um, I, and then yesterday I went to go see Spiral from the Book of Saw and A Quiet Place Part 2. Um, both of which were pretty enjoyable. Uh, you- <laughs> I've never seen a Saw movie, should I? Uh, I would say the original is worth watching, um, and none of the other ones. This one I actually did enjoy. Uh, it is very clear that Chris Rock was like, 
you know, I like those Saw movies. What if I was in one? Because he <laughs> is an executive producer on it. Yeah, um, I was going to say, once you're rich enough, you can write your own fan fiction and cast yourself in yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, um, he plays the main character, uh, and most of the movie, I think in a usual Saw movie, it like follows the victims as they are captured and put into these torture traps and, that yeah. puppet is like, would you like to play a game? Uh, but this time, instead, it's a higher-pitched voice person in a pig mask who's like, I would like to play a game. Uh, and it follows the detective solving the crimes, and then will flash back to so- show the traps after they find the uh, the remains of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is it good? Uh, I, am, I, I think that it makes uh, for a compelling mystery, but it does kind of give me a little bit of whiplash, like going back and forth between timelines and perspectives with like little transition or indication. Um, I I liked the movie. I do not know if it was good. Um, I do like the fact that the uh, serial killer in it hates police and only targets the police. And uh, mm. all of the traps he makes, I'm pretty sure, it's not explicitly stated, but it is depicted as if they are designed so that you will die even if you manage to like rip your own blood out uh, in time to escape. <laughs> Ah, interesting. Okay. So you're saying the killer's the hero in this one. Yes, absolutely. They try to make us, uh, I don't know, I guess they try to make, uh, the, the bad guy seem, like, not correct, but they don't do a good job of it, because the whole time you're just like, yeah, he should be killing that cop who lied on the stand to get people locked up. Yeah, he should be killing that cop who murdered an innocent person for no reason. Like, why, why would we be against this, uh, this killer? But the reason we're against this killer is because all the main characters are cops, I guess. I do find it genuinely funny how out of touch people who make media are in that so often you'll see a character dressed as a cop and, like, it's clear you're supposed to trust them because of that yeah Yeah. and it's like you like if you want to make people of our age and younger hate a character just have them be a cop yeah um i liked uh i think even more so than cruella you have to get over the premise of a quiet place to enjoy a quiet place or a quiet place part two uh, is, is Krasinski still in this one? Uh, the movie starts with uh, day one, so Krasinski is gets gets a, a good amount of stuff to do. Uh, he also is the writer and director of the movie. Uh, well, there's not much writing. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, it's just such a... Str- like, it's been 400 days... And <laughs> what? Uh... I said it's been. <laughs> oh, I see. No, it's been four hundred days. Jeff, can you put that song at the end of the episode? I don't know Thanks, what Jeff. you mean. Uh, it's it's been four hundred days, and nobody except John Krasinski's character has even the slightest clue how they could defeat these blind monsters with super sensitive hearing that hunt exclusively based on sound. And his biggest, like, he has a, uh, like, serial killer whiteboard that is, like, at most two feet by three feet and just says, what is the weakness on it? <laughs> Real big. Uh, after a the year and a half. A year and a half of this. <laughs> uh, and 
Also, we discover in the sequel, they can't swim. Why did they come to Earth? It's loud and covered in water. (laughs) Are they not vulnerable to guns? They have, like, armored plating, uh, and the the way that we learn to defeat them in the first one is you create a really horrible feedback noise with the main character's hearing aid uh, and PA system, which opens their, like, sensitive face ears and then you shoot them in the sensitive face ears Hmm. yeah uh so do they come to earth to make sure that everyone shuts up because they hate (laughs) so much sound Ooh, i do like that like like all the radio signals we've been broadcasting into (laughs) space for 50 years or whatever Uh, it's not even clear if these are intelligent aliens of any kind they seem just like monsters who go after whatever noise so you probably get here uh it's it it's a very far way away to other planets. They just know. they just show like a fireball in the sky crashing down, and then shortly after there are monsters everywhere that hunt sound. Uh, mm. Which I I prefer that there is not like a clear explanation for what's going on. Yeah, that's just a bad right. beat. Um, like the odds of that happening are so slim. You just got to take that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know what? Listen. Hey, you got us. And you know what? I am the kind of guy who likes to laugh at a funeral. I don't yeah, understand what you mean. You. <laughs> All right, can we get into this wiki how now? Uh, hold on, one more thing. One more thing about a quiet place. They go to talk under a waterfall in the first one and they can just talk openly cuz the waterfall is too loud for the monsters to hear anything but that. Mm-hmm. And the fact and that then they start chasing waterfalls. Yeah, and, and TLC shows like, up. Don't do that. Like, don't. <laughs> you need guns. to stop. You need to stick to those rivers that you're used to. Uh, the like. Then we discover that these monsters can't swim. Why wouldn't you just go live in a cave with a waterfall out front? <laughs> you don't need to swim to be able to walk through a waterfall. Right, but like put water between you and the monsters, and make sure some of that water is really loud, and you're good. Just blow up all the bridges from New York to the mainland. You're got. You're, you're yeah, fine. Can, can they not? Isn't that the plot of one of the like Dawn of the Dead movies? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. For any kind of zombies or these creatures, if they can't fly, can't you just go to an island? Yeah, that's the premise of this one. That's how we learn they can't swim. Is they're like, okay. oh yeah, we're on Long Island. There's a bunch of islands nearby. We can just like go to an island. <laughs> yeah, that that is explicitly what happens in whichever of the. Dawn of the Dead movies that take Day of the with... Dead they go to an island I think yeah they all yeah. live in like a mall on on an island somewhere and Dennis Hopper is in charge whoa cool <laughs> and he wants water because there's no water left in the world yeah. Yeah. and <laughs> all his greasers no it's all water greasers? that's the twist Louisa. it's all oh my water. god he keeps turning all, he keeps turning all of his goons into dinosaurs and uh, he, he likes that for some reason <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how he gets off. Uh, he's always yeah. no. He gets off by breathing out of that oxygen tank and acting like a little baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's really mad because he blew off some of his fingers when he was defusing a bomb. Ah, man, I don't know which Dennis Hopper movie that is. <laughs> <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I li- I like when we play that little game. That's fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what we do on this show is we put a random word into the WikiHow article suggestion search, and we look at the things that people are asking to learn how to do from WikiHow, and then we tell them how to do it on our podcast instead of on WikiHow, which is what they wanted, because we don't want to give them what they want because they're very stupid, yeah. usually. So, this week, the word that we got was 
crystal. Right. We're, get, we're getting new age, y'all. Yeah. I was hoping we'd be more new age, but it's less new age than I had hoped. Yeah, there are several about the game Pokemon Crystal. Uh, yep. There are unfortunately none about how to play the song Crystal by Fleetwood Mac. Mm. <laughs> now, which which was the partner for Pokemon Crystal? Because I never played that uh, one. Gold and Diamond? Silver were the... Uh, oh, Crystal was the third, third version. Mm. Yeah, even that. that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't even, make yeah, sense. Third. It should have been Gold, Silver, Platinum, Diamond, Pearl, Crystal. Right? Yes. Yeah, I guess. Or Gold, Silver, <laughs> Bronze. Why would you make the third one lesser? <laughs> all the Pokemon are real dumpy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's you only gotta catch them all. So it's only got the worst Pokemon from both versions, so it's a much harder <laughs> adventure. <Yeah. laughs> Some people want that, Jeff. Yeah, I think I actually kind of would like that. Yeah, you'd definitely <laughs> buy it. You'd have yeah. to catch them all. I'm some kind of Pokemon difficulty pervert, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. There's two questions that are the same, but one really gets to the heart of it, like a newspaper headline: "How to get Lugia in Pokemon Crystal." This is a uh, legendary creature in the game. And then the next one is Get Lugia Crystal. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one first and I was like, is there, a, is there a crystal you need to get that Pokemon? I don't think that's the case. I thought, I, I saw that out of context of Pokemon and I was like, what is a Lugia Crystal? <laughs> Sounds yeah. gross. Exactly, it does sound gross. I hate uh, that name. Uh, is, is it better or worse to know that it's pronounced Lugia? Worse. I have heard it both ways, and I prefer the way that I said. Okay, because that sounds less gross to you? Yes. Okay. Lugia is a, is a spittle-based Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, he does kind of look like just sort of a droplets of spittle congealed Ew. into a boy. That's what all the legendary ones look like. Yeah. Does anyone know what how to crystal gaze means? Is that like looking into a crystal ball? I, I think so. I think that's when you're watching a movie and the camera really lingers on the crystal's butt. Is that anything? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. No, sorry, Jim. Close enough. <laughs> ah, man. I mean, hey, there... you shoot for the moon, you land among the stars. Am I right? It's true. Is there a thing you need to... Can't you just look into your crystal ball? Yeah, I guess they're saying it. how yeah. to see the future in it. And yeah. it you how can't... to disassociate enough from your own thoughts that you're like, oh, I can see things in here. Uh, do drugs. Probably mescaline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how to crystallize a cell phone. What does that mean? <laughs> Maybe, like, the question. old LCD screen, like... How to how to homebrew your own LCD screen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. I've got a bunch of sugar crystals here. <laughs> and yeah, like, I'm hanging water. a string in a uh, cup of super saturated water. Nope. Oh, it's, they're talking about uh, putting, uh, gluing little crystals to it. Oh, oh, see, like I don't like bedazzling. Yeah, bedazzling. Thank you. There's I couldn't a think term the for that, which is pave, which is a French word, mm. but of course it's the same as the English word paved, and you're basically paving something with crystals, no, and that's what that is. The English term is bedazzle, Louisa. No, <laughs> I won't have it. <laughs> Why not, Louisa? Don't be like the French and have like a council for not adding new words to the language. <laughs> pave is nice, though. Bedazzle but bedazzling dumb. is great. Yeah, <sighs> we, we have we have genericized the trademark bedazzle to mean <laughs> any crystal addition. Yeah, plus it makes me think of that really good um, Brendan Fraser movie. (laughs) That is a good movie. (laughs) Yeah, and we love Brendan Fraser on this show. We do love Brendan Fraser. I need to watch that movie again. Is our show the number one Brendan Fraser fan cast? 
do you think? Maybe. I, I think we also might be the number one Clancy Brown uh, fan cast, even though we yeah, haven't watched it in a very long time. <laughs> oh man, I went to a concert last night, and it was like a classical music concert, and one of the th- songs they played was the theme from Highlander. Nice. <laughs> and it was so good. By Queen. Yes! Um, uh, I am... I'm curious why you've both started pronouncing Brendan Fraser correctly. I always did, I and always I can tell did. you why. Matt did not. Yeah, you and both you both had said Fraser in past episodes. I haven't. No. I no, haven't no. either. Oh, and oh my god. I remember that Comedy Central commercial that he did. I remember that Comedy Central times. commercial. Matt, you did say Fraser last time and I specifically didn't correct you. Yeah, I also uh avoided correcting you on Lugia until it came up how gross the name sounds. <laughs> But Editor, that one's fake. Editor's, editor's note, I did not pronounce it incorrectly previously. I'll bet you a hundred goddamn dollars, because we can go back and listen yeah, to I'll those put episodes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put some cold hard cash on that, too. Uh, anyway. The thing is, Lugia is a fake word, yeah. whereas Fraser is a real name. Yes. Uh, anyway, he did a, a commercial for The Daily Show where he said that my name is pronounced Fraser, not Fraser, and if you get it wrong, I'll kill you, so... He specifically said, I know where you live. He says, yeah, he says, I know where you live. I assumed he meant, uh, you clearly live in Seattle, where Fraser Crane lives. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway, um, what were we talking about? Crystals, I guess? Uh, yes. Nothing about the Crystal Skull, thank God. Or Crystal Skull Vodka. Thank God. That's fine. It's way too expensive, though. But it's a cool bottle. Yeah. And, listen... I'm just happy that Dan Aykroyd gets to live his dream. I don't I mean, know if I, I am. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd is, like, a, one of the less harmful Hollywood creeps out there, is that true? Yeah, he's yeah. He, he's one of the true weirdos who, like, makes some stuff that sucks, but, like, seems to be a pretty nice person. No, that mm, is not so. true. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think that he's good to work with, but I don't think that he's like a Stanley Kubrick type figure who's just an asshole to everyone all the time. I think he's a bad person, though. Wait, why? What did he do? I'm pretty sure, like, he has some. I, I, I mean, anything I say is almost certainly going to be slander, but I feel like, in addition to his insane, like, alien conspiracy theories, he has some anti-Semitic conspiracy theories also mm, yeah you know what i think uh alien stuff is like almost always anti-semitic a little bit uh, yeah. yeah and i think he's one of the uh guys as so many are who have said basically oh well you can't really cast women in your comedies because they're just not funny yes mm. he definitely did say that when they were making the new ghostbusters i remember that which is so weird he because he's one of the person. only actors to return and make a cameo in that one <laughs> No, uh, don't they all? They do uh, all, yeah. Because they yeah. had that bust of uh, Harold Ramis because he had passed away, but the rest of them are in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess they all are in it. They just all yep. play yep. different guys. He's the only yes. one that could reasonably still be playing Ray Stance. <laughs> His <laughs> character goes unnamed and is just like a taxi cab driver. <laughs> that is true. Uh, but Ernie Hudson was the best Ghostbuster, so he's the only yeah. one whose opinion I care about. Yeah. He's the only one who was a real actor, is the thing. Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe he was in that Dragon Ball Z live-action movie. What? <laughs> you don't remember this? I didn't know he was in it. <laughs> yes. Who does he play? He plays, um... 
I want to say Master Roshi, but that no, can't he be put, true. Uh, that's a uh, uh, Chow Yun oh, Fat. Yeah. You're right. He plays some kind of like guru person that teaches Goku stuff. Hold on, I have to find out who I <laughs> I need to desperately. Uh, when when did that movie come there's out? Like 2004. There's a lot of how to grow crystals on this uh, here with Yao. And yep. basically, you just need to put whatever chemical will make the crystal into water or other liquid, dissolve it real good, and then put in something that it, the crystal can grow on, and then leave it there for like four weeks. That's the hard part, especially if you're a kid. Oh yep. my god, he plays. You got it. He plays Sifu Norris, who is uh, the movie version of Master Mutaito. Uh, so he's Master Roshi's teacher, and he oh, has right. okay. incredible big gray eyebrows and a little gray <laughs> chin strap beard. Weird. Or yeah. I guess like soul pa- like a long soul patch. <laughs> I don't like huh. that. <laughs> chin strap is sideways. It's like a vertical chin strap. Oh no. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Bless Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Bless uh, him. It's, very it's good. extremely good. Yes. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, we're all, also an Ernie Hudson fan cast. <laughs> yes, yep. Uh, how to how to open Crystal Reports is a pretty weird one because, like, I was hoping you might know if that's a computer thing. Oh, it is. I okay. use Crystal Reports at work all the time, but like, if you need to open Crystal Reports, you probably should already know how. Like, it Crystal Reports is like a backend software for generating PDFs and stuff. Uh, by like pulling data from different tables, mm-hmm. if you need to use Crystal Reports, <laughs> it would—it's wild to me that someone would know what Crystal Reports is without <laughs> already knowing how to open it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, what I mean? they probably googled and saw that somewhere, huh? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I was reading a uh, funny comment on a recipe the other day. It was for um, uh, cocktail cherries, and the comment was that this person doesn't like ice cream or cocktails. So, what should they do with these cherries? And it's like, what? at what point are you looking for this information, but you don't already have enough to know why you would need it? Yeah, why did you Why did you seek out how to make cocktail cherries yeah. if you didn't already want them for something? <laughs> yeah, why are you trying to open Crystal Reports if you don't already know why yep. you need it? Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, how to purify crystals is an interesting question. You have That's to you have to concentrate really something to do. You have to concentrate force energy into them until they go from red to white. You're thinking of kyber <laughs> crystals, Jeff. Yeah, that's a type of crystal. That's the yeah, only type of actually generic. magic crystal. This is more generic than that. Uh, okay, then you concentrate your chi or whatever. It's all the force. I wonder if running an electrical current through your solution as you're growing the crystal helps to draw out the the like, impurities. S- separate out the different elements. The, the negative is, energies. <laughs> <laughs> the crystals you can make at home are generally weak and flimsy and terrible. So, like, yep. can you just melt your stuff down again and try again? <laughs> like, if it's a true, uh, like, quartz crystal, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> if it's got something else in it, too bad. Well, that's true, yes, I suppose. <laughs> uh, make t-shirts with crystals on them? We already covered bedazzling. That's how you do that. But... As I understand it, bedazzling is like a hot glue situation. I think it's like actually a little um, knife, not knife, uh, fork that stabs the bezel through a piece of fabric and then you attach the crystal. So it's like a rivet gun kind of? Yeah, like the original uh, infomercial one. Yeah, was that. 
super shitty work on a shirt too i I feel like (laughs) that one wouldn't work on a cell phone case though no it wouldn't you need to do a hot glue this was for like jeans (laughs) they would always show people the dazzling jeans or these things (laughs) i i'm wondering like there must be one that worked on appliances and stuff right that would like i don't know melt it to a surface or something I mean, you can just glue them on. That's true. Mm, I don't know. Are they just made of plastic? Yeah, they're just plastic. Uh, True Swarovski crystals are glass that is cut with lasers so that it has, like, perfect corners. Like, that's their, like, trademark thing. That's why they're super sparkly compared to cheapo ones. Yeah, that's why they uh, can pretend that their condensed sand is better than everyone else's. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You just melted some sand, guys. Calm down. You don't need to have a whole goose logo about it. Swan? I guess it's a swan. Same thing. It's a swan, yeah. But it's funny. You look at them and you're like, yeah, actually, I can really, really tell the difference between the cheaper ones and these expensive ones. Yeah, but they're just trying to make, like, dumbos uh, associate them with precious gems, right? Yes, they definitely are doing that. Yeah. Jeff, here's one for you. How to make capsicum crystals. Mm. Then I can just eat them. Uh, to get the spice that I desire. Yeah. So how do you do it? Um. Uh, Toss some peppers in a volcano. This is the tone you need to play against the side of a <laughs> of a jar of uh, hot pepper sauce, I guess. Yeah, you uh, you uh, vibrate the jar enough that it crystallizes only, only. The capsicum. Yeah, I really don't understand this question because I've never heard of such a thing. I know that they are. I know that they are purported to be like distilled capsaicin in crystal form. Yeah, and they're like the hottest thing on the face of the earth or whatever. Is that bullshit? Though is my question. I think that might be bullshit. Yeah, it does sound like bullshit as as because I'm thinking about it. It's an oil. That is how the plant carries the capsaicin. It's not anything like a salt that would be a crystal. Yeah, and, so... and like, the chemical in the oil, I don't think is a, it can form a crystalline structure, right? Yeah, I don't think so. It's like, you can't make, like, crystals out of sweat. Well, I guess sweat's a bad example. Gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if you like tried mint, really hard? Super me- you can't do super menthol crystals to cool you down. I think that that's what's in those cigarettes that you cr- crush and then they turn into menthol. No, cigarettes. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that they just put menthol flavored fiberglass in those. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. It's There's a little but, glass tube, and if you snap the cigarette, it glows in the dark. I mean, that's kind of what those crushed cigarettes are. Uh, it's really crazy to me how, uh, like, how bad for you. Like, how much worse for you cigarettes are than just tobacco rolled up in paper, which is already pretty bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just like yeah. the the industry is so powerful that they're like, it would be a little cheaper if we could use rat poison as a preservative. Is that okay? <laughs> uh, like, no, <laughs> it's then, not! Somebody says yes, and they're like, really? <laughs> oh, okay, I guess. And some- that's how- that's how we got leaded gas in this country. They're like, what yeah. can we cut this with? Hey, I'm a guy who owns a bunch of lead. How about lead? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, why Why do, Why does anyone look at the way cigarettes are produced and then also think, you know what's good? 
deregulation. <laughs> yeah, everything's bad. That's what we yep. discovered. Although, didn't they just recently uh, pass a law that's going to, like, make menthol cigarettes illegal over the course of the next year or two? Why menthol specifically? Uh, because I Joe Biden menthol... said that it will save black people's lives because he's a racist. Ah, there we go. Oh, I thought, well, I thought menthol cigarettes were less good for you and also more appealing to children. Is that not true? Uh, other flavored cigarettes are banned, so probably that is, like, based on that logic, so that's probably, uh, uh-huh. it, yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless of Joe Biden's definite 100% provable racism, I do think it's a good idea to ban menthol cigarettes. Yeah, how come they still sell flavored cigars? Because fucking every time I'm trying to buy a breakfast sandwich at Wawa, the guy in front of me is trying to buy cherry-flavored cigars, and the person has to look around and try to find them. What else are you going to wrap up your blunts in, Louisa? Yeah, that's what everyone tells me, but what do they think they're doing? Because they still have all these flavors, cherry and grape and all this shit. I think I, they they know what they're doing, Louisa. I <laughs> they think... are selling these to put marijuana inside. I think just the wrapping is flavored, uh, Ugh, and that's gross. how they get around it. Uh, and the cigarette wrapping is different, so they can't. Um, hmm, okay. But also, like... It should be illegal to sell cigarettes or cigars with additives of any kind. Because, like, there's nothing they've ever added to them that has made them less bad? Yeah, what about- how do we feel about vaping? And does this relate to kyber crystals in some way? Uh, vaping What are the kyber crystals? Are those the ones in a lightsaber? Yes. Yes. And in the Death Star. dilithium crystals are in the warp core of the Enterprise. Yes. Okay, I'm trying to remember how many bullshit crystals I know about. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if they're, like, the same, but in a different, like, a different universe, like, one... Mm. Ooh, if only someone a had galaxy written... galaxy far, far away. Yes. If, someone, if only someone had written <laughs> thousands of fanfictions crossing over Star Trek and, and Star Wars. It's separated by uh, being a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, back when <laughs> they still called them it. Kyber Crystals and before they could use them for warp drives. <laughs> Oh, man. What if it turns out the Federation was the Sith Empire from long ago? Oh, man, then it turns out the Sith were right all along. Mm. Well, the Federation gets pretty bad at some points in that series. Yeah, only to create drama, though. Like when they support the uh, enslavement and hostile occupation of Bajor in order to keep peace with, uh, with the Cardassians which is exactly what's going on right now with Israel and Palestine and the United States. And probably yeah. what's also going on in the 90s uh, when they made that yep. episode. Correct. Yeah. No, that entire series yeah. called Deep Space Nine, yes. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've i never watched Deep Space Nine, so... It's good. It's a good one. Yep. The end. That's the end of discussing Star Trek, though. Mm, I don't know. I just keep um, staring at all these things and not being able to think of anything to say about them. <laughs> Yeah, what is Crystal XP? Is that a operating system? Sounds like a drug. Well, it does sound like a future. Oh drug. man, I do. the The question is how to install Crystal XP, and I do love the idea of people referring to doing drugs as installing them. Oh my god, it's so cyberpunk. Yeah, it's yeah. super cyberpunk. Oh, <laughs> fuck, that's so good. Crystal XP is like a, a little USB thing that you plug into your brain, and it gets you super Wait, high. No, 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 no. Hold on, Jeff. <laughs> You're going too far down the cyberpunk path here. <laughs> I'm saying it's still the same drugs that we have now, 
But instead of saying, I'm going to smoke some crystal meth or whatever you do, do you smoke it? I don't know. Uh, I However, mean, I take a little ingest... capsule full of it. <laughs> instead of rubbing crystal meth into my eyes, which is the way you take crystal meth as I understand it, you say, I'm going to install crystal XP. That's so much cooler. It's very cool. But um, you do still rub it into your eyes, I assume. Crystal XP is a visual conversion uh, for Linux that makes it look like Windows XP. Boo! Yeah. That's much less exciting I don't like that than at all. if it were a I drug. also like the JRPG idea of XP, experience points, and that you would get more experience by doing these drugs. Because you would. Yeah. Can we talk... Okay. Can we talk about uh, the fact that in all computer JRPGs, the like magic ability points are called mana, mm-hmm. which is a word for bread from the Bible. <laughs> Yes, but it's spelled different, so that's okay? Question mark? But why? The word mana is not a word. I mean, it's part of a word. It's a root, right? So they just use it to sound cool. What root is the root of what? I don't know. You've got me there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's just nothing. You know what, though, about mana from the Bible? Here's something I do know. Here's some trivia. We always uh, hear it interpreted as bread, but apparently it was just white flakes that appeared on the grass that were sweet and sustained people. Uh, so it could have been fucking anything. Mana is a um, is a Pacific Islander concept of basically like chi or the force type of thing. Did, Did Japan you get it from there? Yes, I wanted to know. God damn it, I wanted Jeff. to know why they call it mana. It's because Polynesians uh, use I know, the word but mana. This could have been a whole joke train, and you put a penny on the tracks. <laughs> All right, get involved with my um, talking about mana being white flakes. <laughs> get on that. <laughs> is it just snow? <laughs> yeah, basically. But like, were people like, is it called man? For some reason, when I eat all this snow, I feel really good. <laughs> uh, I just think it's very cool that uh, people were doing the translations of the Bible. They're like, uh, what is this? Let's just call it bread, I guess. It's bread. <laughs> it's white food from the sky. <laughs> Do we have any white foods? I guess bread is white inside. Yeah. That's funny. I like it. Do they, did they not have any other white foods? I don't know. I, I don't get it. They do a lot of weird translating with the Bible, though. Yeah, they yeah. sure do. Like, how is it not cheese from the sky? That's so <laughs> much more. I loved when I found out that the apples that are important in <clears throat> not just the Bible, but in Greek mythology, were probably pomegranates because they just didn't have apples. And when yeah. I found that out, I was like, oh shit, of course they didn't have apples. Why yeah. was I thinking that all this time? Yeah. Well, they say that the apples in the Bible were probably mistranslated from, like, olive trees or something, which is even more unpleasant. <laughs> Suddenly, like, listen, if a snake comes and gives me an apple and is like, hey, if you eat this apple, you will have all the world's knowledge or whatever, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I love apples. If you brought me a raw olive <laughs> and it was like, eat this whole olive, I'd be like, no, I don't care what powers it gives me, this is definitely a sin. <laughs> mythical foods to eat to get powers i'm gonna have to go with the irish salmon of knowledge as the most appealing Mm. yes for sure i I mean the the story of finn mccool burning his fingers and on the grease and then putting it in his mouth is so good i don't know i makes me want to eat salmon so bad i think a mixture of uh canned crushed pineapple and cottage cheese would be best that is ambrosia Mm. yes 
the joke like doesn't work of... as good, Jeff, if you explain no, it. No, it does. I had like, to. In the same breath. I had to because I was so worried that uh, <laughs> it was not a common touchstone. <laughs> it should have I... those little marshmallows on it, too, right? I think it can. I don't know if that's a requirement. Rainbow marshmallows. I mm. do think it's so funny that whoever made up that hell dish of <laughs> disgusting food was like, this is probably what gods eat. This is <laughs> so good that I'm going to name it after the magic substance that Zeus gets to eat. Honestly, maybe the most fucked up thing about all of this is that no one else had thought to do that first. <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't they just do that for... Like, fucking, you know, in the, six, in the 1600s, somebody invented ice cream, and they were yeah. like, mm, is this as good as god food? No, I better hold off. Ugh. But then somebody's like, I'm gonna put canned fruit in jello. <laughs> this is definitely god food. I'm done. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh my god, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? I think it should be like a soft cheese with honey on it. That should be ambrosia, right? Mm, yeah. That seems like something the, the Greeks thing. would eat, and it's good. Baked brie with, like, the jelly? Here's the problem with that, and this may be specific to me, but I can't eat very much cheese before it starts to make me feel very ill, uh-huh. and I feel like ambrosia should never make you feel bad. If you're a god, it wouldn't, but as a mere human, I feel like just the smell of it would drive you insane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, how about Greek yogurt? Greek yogurt, I don't like the taste of very much, but it doesn't upset my stomach. Mm. So Greek yogurt with honey, then, is ambrosia. We've decided now. No, I, I still mm. think it's like when you put a brie in a loaf of bread with some jelly what and you bake it. Can I, can I sell you guys on macaroni and cheese? Ooh. Do you like that? Is that the food of the gods, though? Can you imagine the gods eating that? <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Freaking Hermes sitting down to chow down on like a big bowl of craft dinner. Oh, see, so I'm imagining him okay. eating it right out of the stovetop pot. So he's holding the pot by a handle and he's eating it with a wooden spoon. Here's what I'm gonna say, though. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that all the Greek gods are time travelers. We've all thought it before. Yeah, they travel forward through time at the normal speed, like all of us. <laughs> and they brought back in time with them the macaroni and cheese. A billion boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese, uh-huh. so they could eat it whenever they want. And then a mortal, a, no, a non-time traveler, stumbled across them eating this amazing food, and they were like, what is that? And you had to describe to them a group of people who didn't have a concept of either macaroni or cheese, what macaroni and cheese is. Wouldn't you just be like, ah, uh, it's uh, magic food. Don't worry about it. Just go away. <laughs> This is what happened when Prometheus stole macaroni and cheese from the gods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, you... To bring it down to us on Earth. Rob... This makes so much sense, you guys. I'm actually surprised I haven't heard this before. <laughs> it's the story. Daedalus and Icarus ate too much macaroni and cheese and it made them die. Yeah. Of they, course. they went King insane for the flavor. <laughs> Look, King Midas turned everything he touched into gold, but not the metal gold, golden cheese. Yeah, he yes. turned it all into Velveeta. Yes. This is so perfect. It makes so much sense. Yes, when Zeus appeared before, who was it? Dene? Uh, as Europa? No, the Europa was the cow. Yeah, I think it was Dene. As a shower of gold, and we don't know what that means, it was macaroni and cheese so just yes. falling out oh of the sky. Oh my god, if you were imprisoned by your father to make sure you were a virgin and you never ate anything but prison food, and then yeah. suddenly macaroni and cheese <laughs> fell out of the sky, you would eat it so fast! 
And that's how... And then you'd get pregnant with that. Uh, yeah, was that Theseus? Was that Perseus? Shit, I don't remember anymore. Someone important. This is uh, an extended and delightful version of that joke format where you talk about how, uh, like, showing a 14th century peasant two minutes of Iron Man would make them uh, lose their mind forever. <laughs> I just, I genuinely am now thinking about how great it would be for someone to write a version of Greek mythology where the only power <laughs> all the gods have is access to macro. <laughs> Did you guys read the Stephen King novel 11-22-63? No. No, that became that miniseries, right? Yes. The premise of the novel is a guy finds a time hole to 1959 and the only thing he can think to do with it is go buy meat really cheap for his restaurant he owns. <laughs> and then that's so good. Much, that is good, actually. Yeah. Yes. Then much later, he's like, "Oh, you know what? I could probably go tool around in there and save JFK." <laughs> <laughs> that is what a person would do. Uh, I genuinely yeah. think that's what a normal person would do. And yeah. it resets every time he comes out of it, so whenever he goes back in and buys the meat, it's the same package of meat. He's buying the Wait, same package can't. of meat over and over. Mm, you've lost me now. <laughs> yeah, and Matt, it's no longer relatable now. Yeah, and Matt doesn't <laughs> yeah. like it anymore now that, now that you're eating the same hamburger every now day. Now it's a paradox, because yeah, how does that make fine. That doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense, Matt. It's about James like Franco trying to keep JFK from being assassinated with a time hole. Mm, I do like that part. <sighs> okay, alright, so we, we need to find the breaking point here, exactly. Is there any way we could have him be traumatized by dogs at the beginning? Mm. <laughs> by macaroni and cheese. <laughs> what, what if his father is killed by the same hamburger every day? What if, what if he's traumatized by a golden doodle and that's what makes him uh, hate macaroni and cheese? Because mm. that's sort of like a golden noodle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, the, their hair looks like macaroni and cheese also. <laughs> that's maybe the craziest thing you've just said, like a normal statement. Yeah, no, he's, he's right. <laughs> their hair looks like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. That's the thing, though. I think I'm getting heat madness for the air conditioning not being on. Yes, I need to turn on the fan. Okay, thanks everyone for listening to this show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on whatever podcasting application you use. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, we really appreciate anyone spreading the word. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Or you can uh, join our Discord to talk to us directly. Uh, to get an invite to the Discord, just message us on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. You can find my stuff on the website, weaponizedlanguage.com. You can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. Alrighty, well, thanks so much for listening to the show. Please come back next week. In the meantime, though, guys, we can't keep doing this. No, we cannot. Eat those donuts!